Hello and welcome to Black Mental Matters, a series of in-depth interviews and discussions around mental health, and particularly in, in the black community. I'm Vince The Voice and uh, Vince The Voice Bailey, and our resident expert is none other than psychiatry and behavioral science professor, Dr. Eugene Harrington. How are you, Doc? Very good this morning. How about you? Very good. Well, that's a good thing to be uh, when yes, we talk indeed. about yes, uh, mental health. Mental health. Well, Doc, uh, let's jump right in. First, for our folks, what is it? exactly say mental health what does that term mean uh mental health has a broad uh, uh definition and it's not in any sense crystallized but it suggests that some individuals are being challenged mentally and not being able to function properly as they would like to function or hope to function and that they're being isolated from friends and families and also from possibly from jobs and well-being as, as well. Mm. So so there, I guess, we're talking mental, but there are definitely some visible things. There are some see. visible signs. Um, there may be the normal things that an individual does during his or her day, getting up and breakfast and dressing, going to work. These chosen challenges may be difficult for a person going through mental challenges. Some of those tasks cannot be completed or if completed, not completed properly. Mm -hmm. So it gives a signal and a picture to those around that person that something may be out of order. Mm -hmm. Something may be going wrong and perhaps we should look at some types of interventions here. That, that, that signal again, I mean, we think about uh, you know, mental health, what it determines how we think, feel, act. I mean, there's a list of things. So there's a list of things, including um, how you function generally, but how you your thought processes, your feeling processes, all of those uh, senses may be challenged or they may be heightened. Uh, you may be seeing things that others around you can't see. Mm. You may be feeling things around that one can't feel or can't see you feeling those things or can't validate those senses or those uh, experiments or uh, challenges that you may be going through. One of the reasons I really wanted to talk with you and, 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 and get this message out, Doc, is that, I mean, there's a, a, a wide, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a gap between, say, um, someone being, you know, clinically depressed, mm -hmm. and then someone who's just dealing with some things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how you deal with stress, uh, how you relate to others, how mm -hmm. you make choices. I mean, that that bears in it in, into it too. And so, um, again, one of the reasons wanted to have this this discussion is because we deal with so much in life, and how, how it is that you process these things makes a big difference on how it comes out and your state of mind, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're dealing with multiple uh, tasks all the time, mm. and many of those things don't need to be dealt with. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we, we can streamline what, what's important to us and work on those things, and the ones that are less important are not important at all, let those pass by. Uh, you know, this mental health thing is just, just global. Uh, there's so many persons out there who, as mentioned, uh, who are untreated, undiagnosed, unmedicated, or what have you, and they're not counted in the stats, they're not counted in the statistics, but they're counted in some other kinds of ways like 
behavioral kinds of things, uh, uh, criminals, criminals, homelessness, homelessness, Mm. all those things suggest that there may be a mental health challenge or function there. Mm. Because here before we never had these large numbers of um, homeless people, we never had this many homicides or suicides. And all of those things collapse together suggests that something is out of order. Mm -hmm. Something is not working. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for for those of you you listening, you're not alone if you're dealing with it or if someone in your family deal with it. I Mm -hmm. mean, that that prevalence that you talk about, it's it's in every family, rich, poor, black, white. It's in all families. And I'm proposing that family members, there's a thing called Al-Anon, and I think Uh. it teaches family members and friends how to deal with others who are going through substance abuse challenges and mental health challenges and and how to properly understand and talk with them. And oftentimes, as we say, it's everywhere and it's all around, oftentimes the closest family members don't understand, probably don't see the, the picture, and certainly can't do the communication. Mm. Because the communication that they do use uh, can actually exacerbate the issue and yes. make it worse. Yes. And that's why we do have mental health uh, professionals who understand some of those disorders and can actually speak and understand the challenges and language that our individuals are going through. Man, just what you said there, Doc, I mean, you, you, you walk into the room and it's like, why don't you just get up yeah, and go to work? Yeah, why don't you get up? You, uh, yeah. uh, you say, I saw that thing. You didn't see that thing. So you're impounding the stress, and stress is probably about 85% of the cause and contributing cause to mental challenges and mental ill mm. because stress can lead to all kinds of things. Mm, mm. Stress and, at school, stress, stress at work, school, stress at home, stress in the job. And I think primary physicians can tell you that many of the patients that they see is a stress-related induced illness. Mm. So is that the leading cause or is there a general cause for mental health disorders? It's one of the major causes, and oftentimes we don't treat it as that because uh, stress can be silent, um, and, and it can be, as you say, individualized, family-connected, family job-connected, state-connected. It's all over. It can be presidentially connected. Mm. It could be countries-connected because with the media we have today, we know what's going on in Turkey, what's going on in India, as before, we never knew those kind of things. Yes. So we hear everything, and we try to process all these kind of things. But actually, many of those announcements and issues come with hidden stress factors as well. That's right. I mean, if you're st- taking this in all day, sometimes you have to turn the news off. You certainly do. A lot of times, and, and you need certainly to do don't um, take yeah. it to the bedroom with you and watch it uh, while you're trying to go to sleep and get rest. Because oftentimes, one of the other challenges and that can contribute to mental challenges would be lack of sleep, lack of uh, proper sleep. Mm, mm. The body needs to rest and the body needs to rebuild and and regrow itself to meet the challenges that's coming forth the next day. When you uh, when we go down that uh, laundry list again, I mean, I, I, you think back, you know, when folks are uh, moving, you know, if you're a child and you, you're you moving to another home, another school, heaven forbid uh, it happens with parents divorce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, merging families. All of a mm-hmm. sudden you got new siblings. Uh, maybe there's an illness, injury, uh, 
loss of someone in your family can have a a, a devastating effect right. uh, effect on a absolutely. person. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, families with little or no mental health uh, education will will treat these as normal situations in the family, but they are not. They come with tremendous challenges and stress and anxiety, and often that can lead to depression, and that can, depression can lead to major. Uh, psychiatric disorders. Well, when you uh, say families, we're going to take just a, a short time out, but when we come back, what we want to talk about is, you know, how families, how you deal with that situation uh, mm-hmm. within your household. It can be uh, uh, it can be dealt with properly. Absolutely. And uh, that's why we're here. Again, Black Mental Matters with Vince Bailey and Dr. Eugene Harrington. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Black Mental Matters with uh, Vince the Voice, Dr. Eugene Harrington. And, Doctor, we're talking about uh, families and how they deal with, uh, you know, someone in the family who is suffering uh, from mental. First of all, it's a stressful situation on the family itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, families are so critical to countries and in, in, in the world because they are mm-hmm. building blocks right. for citizenships and for citizens to go out and become educated and run the country, run the county, run schools, institutions, so forth. And oftentimes, that importance is not given to family and family life. Mm-hmm. And actually, parenting in within a family is a critical piece of it that's not given critical recognition mm-hmm. because it's difficult to, to parent and raise children and to uh, grow them up to be functioning and and good citizenships. But I want to also mention that in addition to what families are going through, there's a thing called health equity and also there's a big thing called stigma. Mm. Because oftentimes when there was a a, a mental challenge of a family member, that family member would basically take an out of sight, hidden up in the attic, up in the attic in a dark room, in a dark room. never to be seen yes. by the rest of the neighbors and the citizens. Yes. So it was big, huge stigma. We haven't really sufficiently dealt with the stigma attached to mental illness. It's still out there and it's still operative. So that is a major piece that I want to, to, to throw out there. The other part is health equity. Um, the coping support systems and the counseling and mental and psychiatric support systems weren't that uh, open and uh, open and and available to a large segment of the black community and uh, when they did go they went when things were really critical oftentimes you would hear the phrase from uh, older black family members I'm going to the going to the hospital or to doctor to to pass on to die. Mm. I'm not going to be uh, healed or treated or cared for. That's the way they saw these institutions. And I don't know if that is erased completely mm. right now. I think that still exists. And that builds a bridge between black patient, black mental health patient and physicians. And oftentimes it's the males who actually have a wider gap between treatment and going to see the physicians. And I think it goes back 
generations and generations and generations and generations is is a generation issue in addition to other issues of not having the funds and insurance coverage and those kinds of things so actually we should put a lot more emphasis around supporting and caring for families and children and I think we all should um, this day that we're doing this interview is called Giving Tuesday but I think it should be 365 given days that we give to families and support families because that is a critical human building block that actually support all of our institutions and most of all supports our mental health. Ooh, Doc, I wish I could just freeze all that you said right there in time so that people, but that's the beauty of uh, this technology. Now, rewind and listen to what he just said again, because that is the foundation again uh, of our communities. You you made me think, uh, Doctor, about um, when Katrina happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, My family, uh, you know, originates from Louisiana, and so it was, you know, vested, you know, we should have all been vested as our fellow Americans, just people in general. But those kids that saw people floating up and down the street, those kids that saw they stood on the bridge and said, come help us, and nobody came to help. Mm. Those kids that saw in the Superdome and, and, and just being left behind. What is their state of mind going to be after the fact? That was the first, and no one talked about, mm-hmm. no one talked about getting some psychological help for those no, kids. They didn't. So that 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 always has stuck stuck in my mind. You also said though, and and I, I mean I don't want to belittle that point, but you also said something that uh, you know our families, black men, of course, particularly concerned about that stigma. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to. Get another drink, maybe. That's yeah. all. I'm a little nervous. I need to self-medicate. I need to self. I know what yeah. I need. Little, little hit a little something or something. Absolutely. Do something like that. And and so that just, I guess, it, and it just builds and builds from there. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and and our families again. What, what what are they to do? So when you you mentioned earlier, uh, Al-Anon, uh, is that a good place if families are dealing with something or what? That, I, I know there's no solution, solution, but I want to give some folks some hope and some thoughts and some things they can start doing today, Doc. Absolutely. And I think some of the things and hopes that we should start doing and will start doing should originate within this ourselves. Yes. Uh, this other American, other America, as you want to put it that way, because oftentimes those major institutions want culturally sensitive and culturally appropriate to treat and to counsel our people. Mm. And it, again, just missed the boat Mm. and it created more anxiety and stress and pressure and it created a gap in terms of them coming back to, to, to seek continued treatment. I'm also suggesting and inviting people to develop a mental health holiday. Mm where um, mental health professionals will gift African-Americans free services oh, wow. on that day. Oh, wow. And you can throw it into February or whatever month you want to throw it into. But I think we need to activate and elevate mental health and take it out of the blossom of stigma, stigma and put it in the blossom of recovery and support and help and 
all those different kinds of things that regenerate our lives and our bodies. Oh, I love that. I, I'm, I'm going to be there. My, we're going to be there for that, doctor. And you know, uh, just to, we don't need to validate, but but just for the sake of validation, other cultures, I'll just say. No problem. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go see my shrink. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go see my psychiatrist. You know, I'm going to go talk to somebody about this. And, 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 and it's, it's no doubt. You know yourself, a uh, listener, when you go ahead and spill your guts about, you know, what happened. Somebody did something to you. You mm-hmm. did something. And you, you feel better, don't you, Doc? You, you feel. Oftentimes when you release, uh, ideas, toxic ideas, I put it that way. Uh, that's been mulling around in your mind, you actually are doing yourself a healing a gift mm. because you're getting rid of those things that are stopping you and holding you back and releasing them and getting rid of them because actually you, the, the mind is full of wisdom and it can actually manage and control those thoughts and the ones that are working for you, hold on to them. The ones that are not working, let them go mm. because it is it, just it's having. Is that is that what's being? Is that compartmentalization? Is that what that means? Uh, it means that uh, we can, in fact, isolate and put in columns those things, those worries, those 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 mental challenges that we can't do it. We can do something about and another column in those things we think we cannot do anything about and the last column that think we never will be able to do anything about. Mm-hmm. So actually, and there's a thing called reversal, you can flip these things. And some people say, well, talking is, is easy, but you can reverse situations that are not working for you and do the opposite of what is actually showing up oh, wow. in your life. Okay. Okay. I, I, I asked about, uh, I was listening, you know, you and I, we both listened to NPR. They had the um, astronaut who's spent 300 and something days up in space. And I said, mm-hmm. well, how did you, you know, do? And he, he said, I believe that word was compartment, you know, focus on the things that you can change. You mm-hmm. know, you're up there by yourself mm-hmm. and then let everything else go. And that was how you were able to achieve the goals that you wanted to achieve. Right. It's, it's the serenity prayer ah. and it uh, and I think most people are familiar with it I had it around here someplace um, is is to to work with the things that you can work with and and the things you can't work with know the difference and so forth and so on but anyway the next time we talk I will have the serenity prayer in front of me and I think it's a very good prayer yes. it allows a person to compartmentalize as you mentioned and also to Work with what is workable and choose your battles carefully. You know what, Doc? We, we, we're going to uh, bring him that prayer in just a moment. We're going to take another break. You're listening. This is Dr. Eugene Harrington. He's a psychiatry and behavioral science professor here at Morehouse uh, School of Medicine. I'm Vince the Voice, and we're diving in Black Mental Matters. Be back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Black Mental Matters with Dr. Eugene Harrington and Vince The Voice, Bailey. And Doc, we were talking about mechanisms for our families, and you mentioned the serenity prayer. Lay it on them, Doc. Tell them. All right. The serenity prayer is a prayer that was actually written back in 1892 through uh, 1971. It's, it's still present. And it reads, God, grant me the serenity 
to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. And I think is within these six lines, there's a lot of wisdom, there's a lot of education, there's a lot of uh, instructions here. Mm. So please um, look at it, work with it. You work with it, it certainly will work with you. And also, good things are to be shared and to be given away. So share it with as many persons as you possibly can. Again, it's called the uh, Serenity Prayer. And I know they use this a lot in the uh, addiction. Uh, yeah, the, it's one know. of the major prayers that it uses using the addiction um, society. And it's written by Reinhold Niebuhr. Mm -hmm. This is also something though, I guess, Doc, as we talk about uh, things to help our families who are dealing with uh, a member uh, who, who has some type of mental illness or problems, that they themselves can recite this mm -hmm. and, and, and help them cope, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. they, can, they actually could use this as a family gathering. And it could be dinner or some special holiday, they can ingest this poem or recite this poem as a part of that gathering because actually to keep families healthy, I think they should do some family things together. Mm. And I know with the pull on families and the uh, job situations, one member's going this way, one member's working these hours, and they all come home basically tired. But I think families need to carve out some time and manage that time for rest and relaxation because the family as a unit need to actually manage itself mm. and manage its members and call upon them to say, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Tell me about something new. And also take a topic. It could be the serenity prayer topic and just fully discuss it, tear it apart mm -hmm. and put it back together. Mm -hmm. Can make uh, a, a world of difference, and you know, especially in this time of year, it's that uh, holiday season. Oh, absolutely! And so some of these things get even more what uh, pronounced. Yes, as as, as we get uh, uh, to the, through this uh, Christmas, and we just had Thanksgiving, and and I, I, you know, try to be as transparent as I can. It was it was tough for Thanksgiving. Lost mom, you know, mm -hmm. two years. Mm -hmm. ago. It's only the second time of mm -hmm. not being able to eat that food that you. Know, I've been eating for 53 years of my mm. of my life. So families uh, during this time, what are some things that we can be on the lookout for, Doc, or at least some things we can try to do to make this as smooth a time period as possible? Well, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about is change. And, and change is difficult. And oftentimes, uh, we don't like to work with change. Mm. But I think families through oral history or written history can pass on some of the things that that family has created as staples in the family, mm. that's workable in the family, pass it on to generations because I think a lot of our family uh, thoughts and ideas and habits and behaviors and so forth are being lost mm. because there's not that much communication. And believe me, communication is the hallmark of um, being healthy mm. because you can talk out your issues and you have someone who will actively listen to you. Across the board. Across the yes. board and someone not only who will actively listen, someone who will actually care for you. Your family. And your family. That's and right. I don't think, I think we should not lose those values within that family mm. because the family is a unit that shares those intimate 
private moments with each other that they don't share with the world. So it is a a, a, a group that a lot of things can take care of. And if you can't handle it within your individual family, there's always, and one of the things I can suggest again is, you know, we can invite the professionals to come in and, and talk with the family and to have ask questions and do a Q&A and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So don't treat the professionals as isolated professional people, you know, call upon them in many situations that you possibly can and see how they can assist you outside of the traditional um, clinics and counseling rooms and those kind of things. Because one of the things I think the black community wants to do is to break down this stigma by actually having to go to a clinic or go to some visible hospital setting actually on HBCU historically black college and university campuses the counseling center is kind of hidden and it's anonymous because the moment a student walks nearby or walk through the door someone say he's crazy, oh, he's crazy. and a yeah. craziness is the definition of stigma mm. you know it's, it's, it's right there in that stigma situation and without us um, building support for families and supporting families, I think we're losing so much uh, labor and professional skills that actually could be flourishing out of these families, but they're bogged down and stuck in the mud with some of these mental challenges and issues and don't see a highway or a walking way to walk out of it. You know, just to put an exclamation or underline what you, you're saying there about the families, think about the the other the, the other side of that. When people want to break down a community or break down a race or break mm-hmm. down a, a country, what would they do? They would break up their families. They break up the family. They split up the family. Mama go that way, daddy go that way, mm-hmm. kids go this way, and then everybody's lost and you're just working for... I don't know what, mm-hmm. uh, but so that tells you the importance of of what Dr. Harrington is talking about. This, this, these families working together, and 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 you know, seeking out some type of of, of treatment for those uh, who are dealing with it. And treatment, yes, it could be clinical, but treatment could be something again as simple as saying the Serenity Prayer absolutely. together, huh? absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, talking things out, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, these things may not seem that important, but they're critically important. Yes. You know, just a, a, a little little piece of something. It doesn't have to be big steps. It can be baby steps can make the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we should treat all of those things as, as grave, important uh, movements and, and, and support uh, efforts. I know that there are, uh, I mean, we're, we're, our time is winding down. And uh, Doc, first I want to just thank you, but I, I know there are some uh, Places or maybe places. Any any advice that you could uh, give to our families to keep them uh, moving in this right direction? I mean, we're going to address uh, uh, through this program some of the specific things. I mean, we're talking in general terms today, but there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sex addiction, mm-hmm. food addictions, uh, 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 clinical depression, suicide. Uh, just dealing with uh, uh, in, in the black community, you know, the impact of you know racism that has taken place. Treat there's so many things. What can someone, until they hear your voice again, Doc, <laughs> beyond saying that serenity prayer, are there places that they can look for information or some things that they can do? Well, I, I think uh, some of the small things, and I 
but you touched on that. Wanted right. to say, you know, you know, small things that you can do. Like the family used to do gardening. Mm. Uh, they used to um, do flower beds, do herbal beds, and you can do these things within the house as well as outside of the house. Anything that you can do that shows progress and growth um, will be reflected in the family. Mm. Um, I also think that families should just stop and slow down because we used to talk about the extended family. Those would be grandparents and uncles and aunts and those kind of things. And I think we should include that group too because I think what we're looking at now is nuclear family, a one family unit all to myself. And um, um, I have distances in between these other people. But no, there's a network between all of us, and we don't have to be actually blood, blood family related. members right. to have these kind of people in our lives, mm. these mentors and support individuals. The other thing I think is that we supposedly live in, the, I guess we do live in the Bible Belt. Mm. And I think we should replace the belt and we should reread the Bible mm. and read it in a sense of that. This is not a punitive thing, but it's a thing that will, in fact, help my mental health. It's a spiritual thing that I'm looking at, and not that somebody's judging me all the time and somebody's keeping a negative record of what I do and what I don't do, but somebody who's supporting me or something that is supporting me all the time and is consistent, never changes, never varies, and always loves you unconditionally. Mm. Doc, that is good stuff there. So I, I know everyone, uh, uh, you say get out there, maybe get in your garden. Uh, it's therapeutic. I love working out in the yard. It's very therapeutic, mm-hmm. you know. I'm too bad I can't cut the grass now. Wink, <laughs> wink. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, some of those things uh, that, that, that can really help. And, and we just, again, appreciate you, Doc. And we appreciate you all for listening because uh, this is the beginning of uh, change in your family, change in your life, and, hey, change in this world because that's what it comes down to. Each one of us individually, our families, these building blocks uh, that make uh, uh, life so good. So until next time, uh, this is Vince the Voice and Dr. Eugene Harrington. We're Harrington. We'll see you next time. It's Black Mental Matters. Thanks so much.